At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Did you know that according to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, two-thirds of all our fruits and veggies eaten in the United States come from outside the country? And there are all kinds of problems with that. For one, an apple that had to travel hundreds or even thousands of miles to get to your plate can't be all that fresh or nutritious. And I say that's just crazy, especially when we can grow so many different varieties in our own front and backyards. Jumping into growing your own food is actually quite simple. You just need to know the rules. My free webinar, Introduction to Urban Farming, begins to frame out your pathway to growing your own healthy food. In this free webinar, you'll learn the three simple steps to becoming an urban farmer, the five components of healthy soil, and how to think regeneratively, which is, by the way, one of the most important concepts we need to be exploring right now. Will you join me in this webinar and help co-create the food revolution? Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to urbanfarmu.org to sign up for your free webinar. That's GARDEN to 44222 or urbanfarmu.org. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Kamea Shane, author of Thrive, an environmentally conscious lifestyle guide to better health and true wealth, to talk about her journey to sustainable and healthy living. Kamea is the content curator of Kamea World and the author of Thrive, an evidence-based guide to healthy living. She is a graduate of Washington University in St. Louis and is currently the marketing manager of Ethical Writers. Through her multidisciplinary studies and her multicultural background, Kamea developed a particular interest in the relationship between human health and world sustainability an interest that eventually led her to write her debut nonfiction book, Thrive, by proposing a broadened perspective on health, one that encompasses the health of the mind, body, and our collective environment. Kamea hopes to empower her readers to cultivate meaning and create sustainability in all areas of life. Welcome to the show today, Kamea. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? So I was born and raised in Taiwan, and then I came to the United States for university at WashU in St. Louis, uh-huh. where I studied psychology, marketing, and environmental studies. So studying psychology helped me to understand people. Marketing helped me to understand business perspectives and environmental studies help me to understand how our natural world functions and the current 
environmental issues that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like these perspectives are often viewed as being conflicting. We think of, you know, people versus corporations versus nature. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to kind of unite the three, which is why I incorporate positive psychology within the book, you know, how connecting with nature is beneficial to our mental health, how living more meaningfully and making more meaningful decisions can make us more satisfied with our life and incorporating business perspectives. So understanding that we can practice dollar voting, dollar voting with uh -huh. our consumer choices in order to drive positive change in the business world, because we often feel like we're powerless against corporations. Right. But the truth is that companies are running market surveys all the time to kind of gauge what we want to see and how to meet our demands. So, you know, we can make a difference by making meaningful consumer choices. Mm -hmm. And then environmental studies, um, really emphasizing how much we impact our planet and vice versa, that everything is all connected. And in order for us to be truly healthy, we need to take care of our planet. Wow. So that was a mouthful that you just gave us. And yeah. we have a little secret here that we haven't let on to our listeners yet. And that's how old you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're only 22 years old. Mm -hmm. Well, actually 23, okay. if that makes me sound any wiser. Okay, good. Well, happy birthday then. Thank you. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. So you got to tell us a little bit more about your past and how you came to all of this because yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So I would say that my passion for sustainability was inspired by my travel experiences. I've been extremely lucky to have traveled a lot since I was little, currently at 39 countries, which I realize is a lot for someone my age. Mm -hmm. um, but just getting to witness such diverse, beautiful landscapes across our globe made me fall in love with our planet and sparked my interest in mm -hmm. environmental studies mm -hmm. and conservation. And then getting to experience such diverse foreign cultures made me realize that as human beings, you know, no matter where we come from, what languages we speak, we all share common desires for good health and happiness. So with Thrive, I wanted to answer the question, how can we achieve better health and happiness for ourselves while taking care of our planet? Perfect. And so your book, let's talk a little bit about your book, because that's, that's really what we're here to chat about today. Uh -huh. um, it's called Thrive. Mm -hmm. How did it come about? The title or... The whole book. The whole book. And then let's talk about the title. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's kind of just piecing everything I learned together, positive psychology, marketing, environmental studies, and encouraging a more broadened view on health that focuses not only on our mental and physical health, but also environmental health, mm -hmm. something that I feel is often left out of the equation, mm -hmm. but just as important. Because no matter you know how well you sleep, how good your diet how active you are, how high quality social, how many, you know, quality social relationships you have. If you are drinking contaminated water and breathing polluted air, there's no way you can be truly healthy. Yeah. Perfect. And you call it an evidence-based writing. Can you say more about that? Yeah. So I just feel like, you know, there's so much information out there in our modern world which is a great thing, but it also means that some information out there isn't 
truly backed up by research or support. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to kind of rebel against info overload and make sure that everything that I say within the book is backed by research or, you know, tips by other health experts. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the book and there's a lot of uh, documented data in there. Yeah, there's a lot of citations. I think just within my part three on food and eco-nutrition, there's 86 in there. Wow. So it's quite a lot. When you were in school, you, you studied from a particular place. It's called multidisciplinary. Can you talk about that? Um, so it's basically just I majored in psychology and I minored in marketing and environmental studies. So it's three, you know, studies that people don't usually take on at the <laughs> same time. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, you know, um, getting to understand three very diverse perspectives. And then putting them together as one. Yes. Yeah. How fascinating is that? The reason, the reason I asked that question for our listeners is I actually went back to school late in life. And in 2004, I graduated with an interdisciplinary studies degree from Arizona State University. Okay. And I studied plant biology, sociology, uh-huh. and environmental planning. Okay. So it kind of, you know, it kind of tracks along the same place you went with yours, which is definitely yeah, really cool. Really cool. So what did you learn about yourself as you were, you know, doing all of this writing? I learned that I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> I, just <laughs> Yay think for that, <laughs> I just think that knowledge is super empowering. And I feel like a different person today than just a year ago before writing and researching for this book. I mean, have you ever had like some sort of revelation that transformed the way you look at things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that was just realizing how much story is to be told behind all the things that we take for granted. So the water we drink, the food we eat, the consumer products that we buy Mm -hmm. and yeah, all the indirect effects that you might have on our planet. So do you have a list of maybe the top three things that you suggest that your readers to do to impact their health? Let's go there first. So I think I'm going to kill three birds with one stone here. (laughs) (laughs) But just focusing on the process versus the end results. Uh So in terms of psychology, this would be, you know, focusing on doing rather than having at one point in time. Because happiness is about an ongoing state of mind rather Mm. than you know, having anything at one point in time. So that's focusing on the process of your life. And then in terms of physical health, I think while like measurements, you know, how much you weigh, all that stuff, while it can be indicative of how healthy you are, Mm -hmm. it's more important what you do on a regular basis and how active you are rather than how much you weigh. So that also focusing on the process. And then um, in terms of the consumer products that we buy, really understanding the process and the story behind that product before buying it rather than just focusing on the end results, which would be the, you know, physical properties of a shirt or how an apple looks. Perfect. So So, by making more meaningful decisions uh in all areas of our lives, we can boost our mental health, physical health and environmental health. Perfect. So what are some of the things you do personally to live a more sustainable life? I really strive to practice everything that I discuss within Thrive, but of course I'm not perfect and Mm -hmm. I'm still constantly trying to lower my personal environmental impact. Among those things is striving to make more informed consumer choices, like I mentioned, understanding where something came from, who made it, what environment it was grown in, 
because I really feel like it's this disconnect between us and the origins of our stuff mm. that has led us that has led us to make um, decisions that we didn't know were self-destructive. And speaking of which, I was going to say, Greg, that I think what you're doing, you know, encouraging and empowering people to grow their own food, uh-huh. I think it's amazing because mm, it's you. really it helps people to reconnect with nature and also yeah. just understand the whole process of growing food. So I just think that's really great. I wanted well, to tell you that. Thank you. I'm patting myself on the back right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the second thing that I'm really striving towards is the zero waste lifestyle. Mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Oh, yes. But please tell our listeners because it's a fascinating concept. Yeah. So it's a lifestyle inspired by Bea Johnson, who was a mother of two in California, and Lauren Singer, who is a recent university graduate living in New York, I believe. But it's just about really cutting down on any waste intended for landfills. Mm -hmm. So any waste that can be composted or recycled will go to landfills. And this is what you really try to cut down on. So the five R's that um, Bea Johnson promotes is refuse, reduce, reuse, recycle, and rot. And only in that order, she says. What was the last one? Rot, so composting. Oh, yes. Oh, got it. All right, cool. Yeah. So for me, just really learning to refuse things, especially free stuff that Mm -hmm. you feel like you should accept because they're free, Yeah. um, really helped me to cut down on the amount of waste that I've generated. But I'm nowhere near achieving completely zero waste at the moment, but it's something that I'm working towards. Great. So for me, that conversation lives in the process rather than the end point. And what I mean by that when I say that is, is that I don't know that it's truly possible to live a zero waste lifestyle in our culture. Mm-hmm. Can, could we really get to a place of throwing nothing away? So what's your thoughts about that? So I think zero waste, completely zero waste for landfills is extremely hard, mm-hmm. but Bea Johnson and her whole household, she has two children, um, her whole household, household of four, the amount of trash that they generated in the entire 2015 is like they fit it all in a tiny jar. So oh, wow. it's been done by a whole household together. Yeah. Um, and I think the main tip that she gives is to bulk buy as much as you can mm-hmm. and shop at farmers markets where they avoid putting stickers on your food or like packaging your food. So yeah, and just you know, if it's a packaged product, look for recyclable packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, cause recycle is one of the R's that you can do. Yeah. Um, so either stuff that's compostable or recyclable. Perfect. Perfect. So aside from wellness and health, what other interests do you have? I'm really interested in anything creative. So music, art, design, food, but you know, as I develop my passion for sustainability, I think I'm now interested in sustainability as it applies to all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I talk about sustainable food and thrive and sustainable design and fashion. I'm going to look more into music and maybe the psychological benefits of listening to music more, Uh but I haven't touched too much upon that, but I'll do that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So what would you want people to take away from reading Thrive? Okay, so I don't want to give away too much of the book, uh-huh. so hopefully people would still be interested in reading it, but I will say that I think it's important for us to take on a broadened perspective on health, considering the direct and indirect effects of our choices, and also not just considering our mental and physical health, but environmental health. Mm-hmm. 
Perfect. So we touched on it briefly earlier and uh, you kind of explained the book. Where'd the title come from? I was just looking for something that's like short, succinct, but powerful. Uh So I thought about, you know, thrive, flourish, bloom and all that stuff. But the word thrive just has kind of like a very confidently powerful feel to it. So I like that. Yeah. Just like thrive, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Cool. So what's next? So in the immediate future, I'm currently working on um, translating Thrive into an ebook and an audiobook. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for that. Some people prefer to read on their Kindles or some people prefer to listen to audiobooks on their cars. Right. So hopefully this will allow more people to listen to or read Thrive. And in the upcoming future, details have yet to be revealed, but there may or may not be a book two coming. <laughs> oh, nice. All right, cool. What's Kamea World? It's just a blog where I keep all of my um, thoughts and discoveries. Perfect. And ethical writers? Yeah, so it's actually just a um, coalition. I think now we have 60-something members, Mm -hmm. but everyone um, does their own thing, and people are either journalists, bloggers, um, writers, but everyone is promoting this um, ethical or eco-lifestyle. So using writing to promote good and positive change. Perfect. So it's a, is it a writer's guild that you started? I didn't start this. I'm just a marketing manager for them right now. Oh, perfect. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to shift a little bit on you, and I want you to talk about a time you failed, how you, okay. how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. So I love to set goals for myself and mm-hmm. plan things. So my original plan after graduating last May was to go to grad school in Milan, actually. And that was supposed to start this past January. Uh-huh. So I was like, I have a semester to work on a project, which is why I started Thrive. I started writing this book for it that last summer and fall semester. Mm-hmm. As I got closer to January, I felt like I got really into Thrive and I just didn't want to like drop everything and go to grad school. So it was a really tough decision, but I decided to hold off on graduate school and I just didn't follow through with the plan that I set for myself. So that for me was a failure just because Mm. I like to set goals and meet my goals. Yeah. So I felt like that reflected badly on me to make such a drastic change. So I guess I just had to accept it and learn that things change all the time and things don't always go as I expected. But, you know, in the end, it was to me, a great decision because I got to wholeheartedly work on this book and now it's out in the world. So so from your last statements, it seems like your book happened very quickly. Can you kind of tell us how, how it came to be? Right. So after I graduated last May, um, I, I originally started running the blog on Kamea World. Uh-huh. And then I just realized that a lot of the stuff I was talking about is kind of timeless information Mm. that can be put together into a book as a resource. Right. And there's also just so much I wanted to cover that it was impossible within, you know, little blog posts. So I wanted to put together this book. So then I started and it took me about eight or nine months completely just full-time writing the book until I got to finishing it. But yeah, throughout this process, I interviewed a lot of health experts, other eco-lifestyle mavens and bloggers, 
So I got to talk to a lot of great people while writing this book. Wow. So you actually, yeah. you actually went out and collected data from other people as well. Yeah. And I got to listen to Dan Barber give a talk in New York. Oh, and wow. that for me was really inspiring. Oh, nice. So tell our listeners who Dan Barber is. So Dan Barber is the owner and chef of Blue Hill. And he basically just, his philosophy on food is just the epitome of sustainable food, basically. Yeah. Um, just, you know, growing your own food, biodynamics of a farm, and incorporating the whole farm into a meal rather than just selecting the primary crop. Uh-huh. Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> this is, it sounds like a really, really fun journey for you. Yeah, it was. I mean, I just learned so much and, you know, to me it was life-changing too. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So publishing a book is, it's a pretty big project and, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to Audible and you're you're putting it into a, um, an electronic version and you have a printed version. Did you get help or, you know, have you taken this one on yourself? Um, yeah, so I actually self-published this book, wow. which was definitely a lot of work. Uh-huh. But I worked with um, two amazing freelance editors and a freelance illustrator for like the illustrations within the book and the mm-hmm. cover. But I did not work with a publisher for this, so I've had to do a lot of the promoting side of it by myself too, which has been a lot of work. But it's also been fun for me too because I studied marketing and. It was oh, yeah. fun for me to apply all of those skills into a real life project. Yeah, make it into something. Yeah. Wow, how cool. How, how has that experience been for you? Um, it's been a lot, to be honest, because I'm having to take on what like entire companies do yeah. alone. But it's been super fulfilling so far, and I've really enjoyed it. And getting to meet, you know, amazing freelance, freelancers. Mm-hmm. Wow, because I I just have to say that first of all, publishing a book is a pretty brave thing to do, but actually taking it on and self-publishing, I've done that before. It's a lot more work, and I just say it's really brave. So good on you, <laughs> good on you. So yeah. what do you consider your biggest success? I hate to keep drawing things back to the book, but I really think that this is my greatest success in my life so far, mm-hmm. just because I'm getting to piece together Everything that I learned in my life so far, plus at university, putting it into a book and then kind of applying my business skills onto the book too. It's kind of like an entrepreneurial project. No, it's not kind of like. It is. It is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is. So for me, this is the greatest thing I've done, I think. Yeah. And I'm super excited to share it. Well, and, and just yay, congrats on that. Thank you. So what drives you? I think just the thought that I can make a positive impact on other people Mm -hmm. drives me. For example, the primary um, goal of this book is to help people. So help people achieve happiness and better health, but also indirectly helping our planet. The reason why, I mean, it was a lot of work, but I was very driven for this project was because I knew that I could create something that can make a positive impact on other people. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about education, and I mm-hmm. have to, I have to know: is there a book that has been influential for you in this process? So there's a book by Kate Fletcher called Sustainable Fashion and Textiles, uh-huh. and this is what really got me into bridging my interest in design and oh, wow. environment 
in environmental studies mm -hmm. because I just never really connected the two before. To me, it was just like, oh, you go volunteer at you know an environmental organization, and that's environmentalism and conservation. Right. And then design is just a whole other thing. But until I read that book and this documentary, The True Cost. Have you heard of it or seen it? I haven't. Okay, so it's basically a documentary shedding light on all the dirty things that go go on uh, behind the fashion industry, uh -huh. all the toxic dyes, um, underpaid workers, labor abuse, and all the you know unglamorous things that goes on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Just that was super eye opening, um, and. You know, fashion is a huge part of all of our lives. We all shop for clothes. Yeah. So I feel like just raising awareness um, about the impact that our fashion choices can have mm -hmm. can help our world become healthier just because it's something that touches upon everyone. Wow, perfect. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? The final piece of advice I would say is to just make more meaningful choices because not only will it be better for our world as a consequence, but also for your own uh, mental health. It'll mm -hmm. make you feel like you're mm -hmm. living more meaningfully and purposefully and boost your life satisfaction. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Kamea. It's been a treat chatting of with course. you. Thank you for having me so much. Absolutely. Love being here. Absolutely. So how can our listeners get a hold of you? I have a website that's kshane, C-H-A-Y-N-E.com. Mm -hmm. And I have a contact form there. So I would love to hear from your listeners. And so, yeah, feel free to drop me a line. Perfect. And where can we find your book? The book's now on Amazon. All if right. you just search for Thrive and my name, you'll find it. Perfect. 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 Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Did you know that according to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, two-thirds of all our fruits and veggies eaten in the United States come from outside the country? And there are all kinds of problems with that. For one, an apple that had to travel hundreds or even thousands of miles to get to your plate can't be all that fresh or nutritious. And I say that's just crazy, especially when we can grow so many different varieties in our own front and backyards. Jumping into growing your own food is actually quite simple. You just need to know the rules. My free webinar, Introduction to Urban Farming, begins to frame out your pathway to growing your own healthy food. In this free webinar, you'll learn the three simple steps to becoming an urban farmer, the five components of healthy soil, and how to think regeneratively which is, by the way, one of the most important concepts we need to be exploring right now. Will you join me in this webinar and help co-create the food revolution? Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to urbanfarmu.org to sign up for your free webinar. That's GARDEN to 44222 or urbanfarmu.org. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams.
One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.